episode of the world according to us this is your man your host steve jabba and today's episode is going to be about not only the implications of the presidential race for 2024 but in particular quote-unquote black people's vote and I don't like to use the term quote-unquote black because black is a color. It is not a nationality. It is not an ethnicity. It is a misidentifier, and we collectively, as God's chosen people, have been using it to describe or define ourselves when it comes to our interactions and place within society, not just in America, but globally. Um, we've had far, far too long nationwide, in particular here in America, not benign neglect, but overt neglect. Not too long ago, I remember January 6th, I remember the border wall, the construction of that, and I remember the ice raids under former President Trump. I remember Ahmaud Arbery, Tatiana Jefferson, Botham John, Akai Gurley, Eric Garner, Philando Castile, Oscar Grant, Sean Bell, Tamir Rice, Breonna Taylor, Dante Wright, Antoine Rose, George Floyd, and on and on and on and on and on. I remember one brother who was beaten to death by law enforcement and the cops lied and told his family that he died in a car crash. It wasn't until the body cam footage showed up almost a year later that we found out the truth of what happened to him. I remember Laquan McDonald getting shot 16 times by an evil racist cop who just wanted to murder somebody who was quote unquote black. We just had the case of Elijah McClain, where the officers on trial for his uh, murder were all uh, found not guilty. Even though they're the ones who instructed the EMS workers to inject him with the, whatever that sedative was. I don't know if it was killing me or what, but they, they killed him. Nobody's held accountable. Michael Brown, Trayvon Martin. And, and Trayvon Martin really kicks it off in 2012 because... You had a, a guy who wanted to be law enforcement calling himself Neighborhood Watch who goes out proactively seeking trouble, finds Trayvon, murders him, and then claims that he's the victim. I think that there's far too many of us whose lives have been taken by police and qualified immunity has sanctioned our murders as justified. Most recently, cops killed a man by car, lied, buried his body in a pauper's grave while his mother reported him missing. They knew the whole time. And yet, they want us to vote, quote unquote, Democrat, while we watch not benign neglect, but direct, overt neglect. And I'll say this, this world is doomed to be consumed 
And I can't wait for the return of the true king and the heavenly judgments to come. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I'll tell you uh, another situation that occurred last week. I was asleep and awakened by the front door buzzer to my apartment. And this was around 5.25.30 in the morning. And I'm, you know, completely dead asleep. So, like, the second buzzer was really surprising. It, it, it took me uh, by surprise. And I was like, who's buzzing my door at so early in the morning? And for what? So I get up groggy and confused. And I go to the, the intercom. And I ask, who is it? And a voice says, EMS. And I'm thinking... But why are they buzzing my apartment for EMS at this time of the morning? I know it has to be crazy early. And nobody here that I know of would be calling EMS at 5, 5.30 in the morning. Nonetheless, just thinking like intuitively like most people, hey, it's EMS, you know, let them in. I buzzed the door. Only to see three uh, plainclothes officers with the medallions, their badges hanging around their necks, making their way up the stairs into the apartment building. And I like go to the, the door to see through the peephole and I see these three officers like one one female one Caucasian male and one you know uh, big black male quote unquote black male going up the stairs and I said well why did y'all buzz this door and the officer flippantly like with totally dismissive disregard waves me off as they go up the stairs and I can see they had like a, a paper maybe it's a warrant in their hand I'm like oh these dirty sons of bitches they wanted to do a no-knock arrest, and they lied and claimed that they were EMS when instead of saying that they're the police, because if they knew, not that if they knew, I know that they knew, should they say that they were law enforcement, police officers, or whatever, I'm not letting, letting you in. I'm not buzzing you into the, the, the building. So they lied to gain entry. They go upstairs, and they go to some person's apartment or who they believe is some person they're looking for, who doesn't live there and after talking to the resident for a few moments they start to come back downstairs and i hear them saying well so and so whoever it was she was arrested last year blah 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 blah." now they're coming back down the stairs and i'm looking at them like once again here we have an example of police abusing their powers lying to gain entry this is a disgusting police state that we live in now now you have to think, these are the people that you're supposedly trusting for your safety, your security, right? Your self-defense. These people who can lie and not be held accountable for whatever they do. Qualified immunity must be abolished. If anything, when we have a, a, a society where we say there's a rule of law and then it is expected of the civilians, of the citizens, to obey the law, not transgress it, and we're held to that standard. Those who are in positions of authority, who've given gun and badge and the power to take people's lives, should be held to a higher standard, not a lower standard. Okay? They should not be able to do egregious violations, break the law, act as if they are above the law, which they apparently are, and then be uh, allowed to skate scot free. Not only that, but 
even if they're wrong, they're not held accountable. Their department's not held accountable. And then the taxpayer, us, the citizens who they abuse, who we are already paying their, their salaries to our tax dollars, get to pay for any violations that they do while they're employed. That has to change. This is the only way that you can have true police reform, which is why I believe these police unions and these politicians and these judges and DAs don't reform it and will not listen to the public because they know that in reality, law enforcement is not there to protect and serve the general public. That is the lie, the veneer they cover all of their shenanigans that they're doing. In reality, in my personal opinion, I believe law enforcement is there to serve and protect the elites and the politicians and the judges and these DAs that they work with. They're not there for the everyday person. This cultural attitude of it's us versus them is permeating throughout the country. It is there. It has been there for a time memorial. Nobody can convince me that that's not the case. Nobody can convince me that this statement that it's always just a, a few bad apples and that is not a whole bushel full of bad apples with maybe one or two good apples sprinkled in. That is the actual truth of it. You can barely find really true, honest, uh, moral police officers or law enforcement that have an integrity that would actually do the right thing more often than not. More often than not, what we find is that the, the bad cops are in heavy abundance. They pre are predominant throughout the, the, the country in almost every single police department, in almost every sheriff's office, and they get promoted when they do things that they run afoul of the law more often than not. They get covered for it. How can you kill a man knowing that you had his ID, not tell or inform his family, while the mother is calling and asking, saying that her son is missing for days, you know that he was killed by one of your own. Instead of owning up to that, you took his body with the, the, the cover-up assistance of the medical examiner to claim that uh, the cause of death was uh, undetermined and then bury him in a police pauper's grave, unmarked, for months. It wasn't until four months later that his, after his body had been decomposing in the ground in his pauper's grave that the truth came out that the officers had killed this man and buried him there before his mom was given the, the truth. Who's going to be held accountable for that? Who is going to pay the civil judgment when they are surely to be sued? The taxpayer. That's not right. This is an evil, immoral world we live in where we are allowing wickedness to go unchecked and unchallenged. And that has to change. These are just some of my initial thoughts on this whole qualified immunity and what's going to be on the agenda for the quote-unquote black vote in 2024. We'll be right back. All right, and we're back from that brief break. And so continuing on with this election 2024 agenda, the quote-unquote black vote, police reform, reparations, and what I see as the keys in order for there to be any sort of mass voting on the quote-unquote black community's part in 2024 towards the Democrats. I personally will 
and make no bones about being an independent voter. I long ago since left voting strictly by traditional upbringing as a Democrat. And as a little caveat for you, I'll tell you this. I grew up in a household where my mom's a Democrat, my father was a Republican. And so I got to see both sides of the argument, even though I didn't fully even understand when I was younger why my dad was a Republican. Um, and the back and forth of the two ideologies in the, in the household that I lived in and grew up in. As I became a young adult, I started to understand and learn more than what, you know, the indoctrination I received through public education as far as what the foundational premises are behind both uh, parties. And I came to realize that you have to separate yourself and your beliefs from just voting strictly down party lines when it comes to issues that directly impact and affect your community. And I say that across the board for all melanated people, not just quote unquote black people, or as I like to call us and refer to us as God's chosen people. We have seen nonstop, incessantly, whenever we collectively are called upon as a community to come together for a cause and we believe in that cause we show up we show out we vote in large numbers and are the reason why a particular candidate gets voted in or out now for the longest time we have been under the auspices of this policy of benign neglect that has been carried out from president to president to president to president to present day. Um, I don't like to call it benign neglect because to me, in my opinion, it is clear that it is a direct and overt act to take our votes collectively for granted, promise us nothing, pay us lip service, do tokenism, pat us on the head, give you a sticker that says you voted and watch as everybody else is given a handout. Everybody else's uh, agendas or uh, needs or complaints or grievances or issues are met. How is it possible that in this day and age, especially in lieu of what happened with George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor, and Botham Jean, Tatiana Jefferson, and on and on. How is it possible when we said we needed a police reform bill to pass and you had control of the Democratic uh, House and the Senate that the bill for police reform, including removing qualified immunity, went nowhere? Democrats, You had the power. You couldn't say it's because the Republicans have blocked it that it didn't pass. And at the same time, in less than two seconds, and about the same amount of time as it took those officers to murder Tamir Rice, you passed an anti-Asian hate crime bill and gave them money on top of that. How is it possible that the, the needle has not moved an inch after we watched 
the lynching of Eric Garner on video, broad daylight, no police reform, no changes in terms of accountability, no changes in terms of the length of time that the officers should get if they're found guilty of anything, no change in terms of who was held responsible. You have to know and see that the writing is on the wall. And if you are a quote-unquote black person in America, do not fall for the nonsensical traps of, or the guilt trips of uh, 80-something-year-old, out-of-touch, racist president and Joe Biden talking about if you have a problem between deciding who to vote for between him and Trump, then you ain't black and vote for him just after that nonsensical and condescending and arrogant statement. You're playing right into the hands of the people who have no interest in changing the status quo. No interest in hearing our grievances and complaints while they cater to every other group of people in our faces. I'm one person that is saying I cannot and will not tolerate and will not give my vote to people who do nothing for us as a community. If you are looking at the 2024 election and the way they're talking in the media about how they're so afraid and worried that quote unquote black people are not going to turn out and in particular black men are not going to turn out to vote for the Democrats or they're going to do a protest vote and vote the other way. I say good. That's what should happen. Because I'm saying, what are you getting for your vote? Forget about the history of, oh, we fought so hard to vote. Okay, what are you getting for your vote? What are the tangibles that you're getting? Not a statue that looks like a a, a giant bronzed uh, sex object or a dildo being morphed or, or bent around and that's supposed to represent Martin Luther King. We're not talking about that. Not some other statue removals of some Confederate racist uh, generals or whatever. We're not talking about that. Not some saying that, oh, we're going to issue some, some money to some HBCUs. We're not talking about that. We want real, tangible changes that are directly impacting and affecting us. Now, I'm not going to say that the HBCUs aren't a good investment. I'm just going to say that that is not nearly enough to address the issues that are plaguing our community daily. The money that they use to beef up these police budgets, the money that they use to send to the Ukraine, the money that they use now to send to Israel, a good percentage of that could be better served being spent right here to tackle homelessness, to tackle joblessness, to alleviate issues of inner city crime by having community centers and resources for the people so that they can get the help that they need, putting it into mental health services and things that would actually improve society at large, where you would attack the root issue and not the symptoms and then not blame the people who are victims of it for their plight and the condition that you're exacerbating while catering to other people. This is the issue. You cannot say that you're going to address external issues without addressing the internal issues first. You cannot say it is more important to spend money on wars and killing people than it is to take care of homeless people who are citizens of your country right here and ignore them, but allow other people to come in and not take care of them first. These issues, these agendas, what we watch as they flood black, quote unquote, black communities 
with illegals and other uh, uh, people coming in that have no voting block, who have not taken uh, any steps towards electing any of these people before. And you're saying that you're going to take the resources of the communities, of the taxpayers, and in particular, they're not doing it in rich, wealthy white towns. They're doing it in, quote unquote, black neighborhoods and saying, we're going to dump all of these people in here. We're going to create a situation where you have a powder keg ready to explode so we can displace and get a new voter base who will be lower paid, maybe lesser skilled, and who won't complain, who will be grateful when they are given whatever jobs are available to them without having to go through the actual process, the due process that it takes to become a citizen, like certain people who done it the right way. And I, for one, am sick and tired of being told that just vote Democrat and let the chips fall where they may, as if that's just going to solve the issue without addressing these concerns. When you tap on top of that, the overwhelming and the looming elephant in the room of law enforcement. You realize that this system cannot sustain itself in the current form that it is in. When you are creating pockets of unrest, dissatisfaction, disenfranchisement, and then adding to that more people that you can't even support while you're fighting wars on multiple fronts and your currency is devaluing with high inflation due to the unfettered, unregulated, out of control, free spending and printing of money out of thin air for wars and wars and wars and wars and and weapons and whatever else that the the government wants to uh, have a bloated budget for while they neglect the basic needs of the citizens. Now, on the temporal level, if you're a person that does not believe in God, then all of these things you're seeing and hearing that I'm complaining about should frighten you and make you worried and stressed and anxious. But if you're a believer, you'll know that all of these things have to come to pass, that the Most High God is in control, and that these things will prophesy to come to pass. So you should not be worried. We should be celebrating because we know our redemption draws near. Even still, there's stuff that we could be doing in the meantime. And one of those things being politically active is to address those who are in positions of authority, elected officials, and make them pay, make them accountable for the things that they do to us as a community. When the police are not held accountable, vote those council members and those people who are in positions of of authority to say whether or not policies of how they're going to uh, enact change or reform if they're not willing to do anything for us vote them out don't give them another chance to sit there and eat and eat and eat when they get we get nothing for our vote we have to start by acknowledging that voting the old way or in the same pattern has yielded little to nothing for us and everybody else is getting a bag everybody else is getting their mouth fed off of our backs, off of our plate. And here's another thing I want to point out. Maybe you're not aware, maybe it's a side tangent, but it all ties together. Have you noticed in the news now, for the last year and a half or so, almost two years going on now, we were bombarded after uh, COVID. Now we don't hear hardly anything about COVID. 
We're bombarded with the war in Ukraine, support to Ukraine, all of this and that. Now we don't hear anything about Ukraine. Now we're hearing it's Israel, Hamas, Gaza, Palestine. That's the, the focus of today. Nothing about us as, as quote-unquote God's chosen people. Nothing about the identity theft that's going on. Nothing about the discrimination, the wanton, willful disregard for us as a people, the disdain, how everybody hates us. Nobody is our friend, as uh, Dr. Henry Clark once said. We have to wake up. In 2024, I think that the agenda must be, if there's not any politician or candidate that is directly, specifically mentioning policies and agendas that are going to be carried out for us, particularly the quote-unquote black community. I don't want to hear no black and brown coalition. That is pure BS. That is another way to distract and to lump other people in with us, and then those people will get the benefits that we get nothing of. No. The same way they made sure that it was specific when they had that anti-Asian hate crime bill, we need to be specific and direct about what we need for our community and what must be given to us if we're going to vote at all. And I say, for one, if you don't have a candidate that has any agenda for us directly or specifically, then you hold your vote and let the chips fall where they may. Because at the end of the day, you have to think and wonder, what difference does it make if the results are still the same? Why are they so thirsty like crack fiends for our vote, but they give us nothing in return for it. They give what we should be getting to every other people, even people who have not voted, who can't vote, or who just got here. Think about that. How disrespectful and disingenuous. And then the gaslighting to turn around and say, you need to get behind the women of your community. They're more educated. They're doing this. They're doing that. As if, any other group of people is saying that the women of their, their community should be at the forefront leading. No other community has that kind of disrespect and blatant disregard for the men and the leaders of their community the way we do. So that sort of thing has to change. The mindset, the thinking of us collectively has to change. We have to grow up, we have to mature, we have to talk to our youth and educate them properly and get them to know that what they're being taught, what they're being shown through social media and all of this other illusions that they've been seeing is not how we have gotten any sort of progress or will get any sort of progress. The time is now to wake up, use your voice, use your whatever power you have to make individual changes and have that become a collective movement. Until that happens, we're going to see more of the same and worse. Be right back after the short break. And we are back after that brief break. Now, something else that came to my mind with regards to this issue with the qualified immunity and law enforcement. Um, I had forgotten to mention in the previous segments that... When we looked at, in terms of accountability, the number of times that you've had no-knock warrants or police getting the address wrong and breaking and entering into someone else's home, violating the sanctity of their home, and then getting upset at the homeowners 
when they arrive on scene or if they're at home at their reaction to the violation of the sanctity of their home, the threshold being breached. See, many times the officers put their foot in the door, refusing to remove their foot from the premises, even though they have no search warrant and try to bully and uh, intimidate the homeowners into allowing them to gain entry unlawfully or threaten them with arrest or actually just come right in to the home in some instances, look around, hold the people at gunpoint. And then when even after they realize that they're wrong, double down on their being wrong and continue to harass and antagonize the homeowner and talk down to them, very arrogant, very condescending. And they do this because they know at the end of the day, even while they're being recorded on their own body cameras or if the homeowner should have their cell phone out and be recording, they know that nothing is going to be done to them, really, at the end of the day. They're going to know that the Internal Affairs Department or Bureau will investigate themselves, will find that they've done nothing wrong, they've not violated any procedures, and there will be no reprimand, no repercussions for the officers because they followed their training, as they say. When every time I hear somebody say, oh, we just have to train them better, it makes me want to hit them upside the head with a shoe. Because I'm like, you have to be the daftest bootlicker there is to think that this is just about training. These officers are well aware of what they're doing. They have no regard or respect for you because they know that they're not going to be held accountable. And they know at the end of the day, you, the victim, yourself, through your own tax dollars, both fund your oppression and will pay the judgments paid out against the officers who violate you. It is insane that this has to be a conversation that has to be explained over and over to adults who just seem to don't get it, who just seem that, listen, you just comply and this won't happen. And they don't realize, no, if you don't stand up for your rights or you don't know your rights, you don't have any rights. These officers seem to have a tremendous amount of disdain and egomaniacal uh, tendencies towards people who challenge their quote-unquote perceived authority over the people forgetting that they sworn an oath to protect and serve forgetting that they are accountable to the people who employ them who have given them the authority through the state to have a gun and badge and to actually enforce the law except that they don't enforce the law most often than times they enforce their own feelings their egos i really feel a lot of times that these people their ego is like a, a mylar balloon that when they get on the scene, it might be semi def, uh, inflated or not fully inflated. But as soon as they get in front of somebody and start dictating or barking orders at people um, and that's not followed right away, then they their egos get puffed up like almost instantaneously to the point that they're about to pop and they take things from zero to 100 in a few seconds. There's far too many videos I could show of police interactions in which the officers, instead of de-escalating, escalated and then wrongfully, in a lot of instances, arrested the person simply because their feelings were hurt. And I say again, these things will continue to happen if there is no accountability. And then when they are held accountable, we have to make the punishments uh, commensurate with uh, the, the violations, the crimes that they commit.
you can't have law enforcement take for example the case of Botham Jean with um, Amber Geiger who I don't believe for a second thought she was in the wrong apartment I believe she knew where she was she knew what she was doing and she killed that man in his apartment she was more concerned about herself going to jail after than him actually saving his life so the sentence that she received in my opinion was far too lenient that's the other thing that has to be addressed sentencing why is it that the everyday civilian gets sentenced to far longer and harsher sentences for similar crimes that law law officers commit or law enforcement commits and they get 10 years maybe serve 3 or less for murdering people cold blooded on camera if you were to shoot an officer you're getting the death penalty or life in prison why are they not held to those same standards when they kill somebody wrongfully we're not talking about justified shootings where they're like it's clear that the person was a threat and 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 even if they are armed a lot of times depending on the ethnicity of the person you see that the law enforcement has no problem taking certain people who share the same complexion as them oftentimes into custody without a scratch this cannot be understated the disparity in the use of force depending on the community that is being impacted it's clear that there's a definite racial bias and overtone and prejudice when it comes to the application of the law and the thing is people seem to think that as long as it's not happening to my community that we can allow this sort of unchecked unchallenged uh, abuse of a power uh, to go on indefinitely little do they know that their time is coming if it hasn't been happening already to them it will be happening very soon I saw in one particular instance a case where an officer pulled over a teenager and this was a Caucasian teenager mind you driving a you know just a nice average car I don't know what the infraction was exactly. Maybe he didn't use a turn signal. Maybe he was uh, didn't stop at a, a stop sign. But regardless of the, the case, the officer pulls over the kid, asks him for his license registration. The kid asks him questions uh, of what was the infraction. And from zero to 60, officer escalates, demands he get out the car or he's going to tase him. The kid asks, look, tries to say, calm down, hold on, hold on. Officer immediately deploys a taser chases his kid multiple times until the kid's heart stops and this mind you is on police dash cam in broad daylight when i tell you that he then like a monster drags this unconscious kid on the pavement of the street from the the driver's side of his car from the, the tasing incident and drops him on his face on the concrete sidewalk, like if he was a, a a bag of trash, and then lies on the police, uh, the the dispatch when he's telling them what happened before the EMS arrives, and then has no no uh, regard for whether or not the kid is breathing, doesn't care, lies about how the kid was fighting him or whatever it was to justify the tasing. And that's another thing that has to be uh, highlighted. The abuse and excessive use of force on people. And then with these tasers, where they think are less lethal, a lot of times these tasers can kill you. 
These have to be part of police reform, comprehensive police reform and use of, of force, because it cannot be that you can say, well, it's non-lethal and somebody died. And then you say, well, they had a pre-existing condition. That's what killed them. Not the fact that the officer tased them about 10 times before the person's heart stopped. Need a moment. Collect myself. I'll be right back. All right. Picking up where I left off. EMS arrives on the scene and starts doing chest compressions, CPR on this kid who, for about eight minutes, I guess they say his, either his heart or his brain or both were not functioning or not getting oxygen. From the time that the officer tased him till the time that he went limp and was dragged and dropped on his face. When they finally had managed to get a, a pulse back for him and rushed him to the hospital in critical condition, the doctors told this boy's family that because of the fact that the, the amount of time had passed from the time that his brain had been deprived of oxygen and his heart stopped beating and then being re restarted, he was going to suffer irreparable, irreversible brain damage. This is a healthy young kid who was simply pulled over for a traffic violation. For him now to be in a vegetative state that's going to require lifelong round-the-clock care at 17 years old, thanks to the egomaniacal, evil, vicious, and inhumane actions of a police officer who was not in control of his emotions and got carried away and had no regard for the life and well-being of the person that he was arresting, mind you, for no reason. That officer, as far as I know, to this day, was put on administrative leave as they, per usual, their policy and I don't know if he's still employed. Maybe he is. Maybe he isn't. But I know that the family is definitely suing and probably will receive a settlement. But no settlement amount. And this is the thing that I want people to get their heads wrapped around. No settlement amount can ever make somebody whole who is now permanently disabled or incapacitated or made an invalid through the actions of an officer. I don't care what you say. If the officer has blinded you or made you deaf or has caused you where you can't walk or you can't do for yourself, what amount of money could justify you being in that condition for the rest of your life? There is no amount of money that is worth your body working the way the creator intended and put you on this planet prior to that. And people need to stop acting as if, oh, well, you're going to get paid. I hope you get to pay a lot of money. As if, see, they, they act as if you're going to be able-bodied and be of sound mind after that. And that the money has now made you a millionaire so you can just live it up. No. You are permanently going to need round-the-clock care. Healthcare is ridiculously expensive. Especially if you need competent private care. We're not even talking about, you know, public 
assistance or uh, hospitals like Medicaid and all of that. We're talking about if you're going to need private round the clock nursing, somebody to take care of you, the toll that it takes on your family, the toll it's going to take on the whoever is your 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 healthcare provider, the person who's going to be there to do all the things to change you, to feed you, to bathe you, to clothe you, to take you to appointments, to get you in and out of the bed. These things people don't seem to understand are not and cannot be just bought and paid for as if that somehow makes everything okay. You'll never be okay. And the person responsible is not the one who's paying for it. In fact, you and your family are paying for it. There's no way that that should be continuing in today's modern age with information, with everything that we see going on. Which also brings me to another point. Had this not been caught on camera, on the dash cam of that police officer, or his body camera, which they can turn on and off at their own convenience, which they can mute the audio at their own convenience, we wouldn't even hear or see the truth of what happened in this case. We would be hearing the lying words of an officer whose ego got the better of him and have his superiors and the DA cover for him and make excuses and say that the job is so difficult and that's why we have to give them qualified immunity. No, the standard must be much higher than that for these people who have so much power and authority in their hands. You cannot have people who are uh, former child victims of bullying or whatever who are now in a position of authority exacting their revenge on society, acting out their warped sense of authority over people, these tyrants, that they have become without accountability. If you remove the incentive to abuse people from them by saying, not only are you going to have to have your own insurance when you become an officer, should you be found guilty or liable for breaking the law or harming somebody unjustly, the judgment is to be paid out of your pension, out of your own uh, police unions, you will see reform overnight. They would not be quick to just violate somebody and say, I don't care. Good, whatever. The way they flippantly do every time that they get confronted on their evil because they would be held accountable. The money would be coming out of their pockets. That's what people respect and understand. That's what gets people to act right when they've got something to lose. If the police have nothing to lose, what's the incentive to stop them from doing the same behavior to other people? If they know they're going to be covered for or they're going to get promoted after violating people in that, that fashion. Which brings me to another case from many years ago. In case of Amadou Diallo. Now, I'm a native New Yorker. So this case, if you're not from New York, you might not remember it. But this happened back in the 90s. And I remember it like yesterday. This guy, Amadou Diallo was mistaken for some wanted suspect who's a hardworking man on his way home at night. Police pull up on him in his uh, apartment building doorway. Tell him to show us his hands. He goes and reaches for his wallet. They shoot this man about 40 times, killing him on the spot on talking about they mistook his wallet for a gun. This is the history. These are historical facts. And whoever doesn't like to hear it, I don't care. Go fly a kite. It's very convenient for people to look the other way. Oh, I can't do anything about it. So they don't want to hear about these evils and these injustices. 
They're detached from it. Killing people nonstop and not getting held accountable seems to be the standard of the day. And that has to change. I'm going to bring up another case. And this one, again, as a native New Yorker, hits close home and really resonates because you had one Abner Luima. Now, for those of you who don't remember the case of Abner Luima, Abner Luima had the unfortunate experience to run into Officer Justin Volpe. This demonic excuse for an officer, for whatever the reason was, decided he was going to violate Abner Luima in more than one way. They took this man, Abner Luima, and I believe this happened in a police station, if I'm not mistaken. They had beaten him, knocked out some teeth, busted his lip, punched him in the face, took him to a bathroom, took the plunger stick off a plunger, and raped him in the bathroom until they ruptured his bladder and colon. Yes, you heard right. This is the sick, depraved mind of law enforcement. In what world would you think that that kind of behavior towards somebody, I don't care what the crime was that they were accused of or you're arresting them for, justifies you violating somebody that heinously to the point that he required multiple surgeries, would never walk right the same again. And then, of course, the city pays out a a settlement I don't know what the amount of money was, but again, no amount of money can ever make him whole again, can ever remove that kind of a violation. And you would ask yourselves, the people who are professional bootlickers and backlickers of law enforcement, would you want somebody working as a law enforcement officer to violate you or any member of your family in that fashion and have somebody tell you, you should have just complied Think about that. What would be the consequences if you were to violate an officer in that fashion? Would it not be 10 times worse than what the officers get? At least, at bare minimum? Would you not be looking at the death penalty, and depending on the state you're in? Or at least life in prison without the possibility of parole? Why then? Should the officers get slaps on the wrist in terms of sentencing when they are clearly guilty of the crimes that they are charged with, when they are caught doing those things? Why do they get 10 years, 22 years, and basically get out after serving less than um, half that time? If that. Why do the judges not throw the book at them? Because they should be held to a much higher standard given the level of power and authority entrusted to them and the oath that they swore. All of this leading up to 
countless other cases of police brutality and excessive force. And I'm going to end with this last case with Tyree Nichols. It doesn't matter to me the color of the skin of the officers involved. This is a law enforcement issue systemically. You have between five to eight officers at least involved in the beating death of Tyree Nichols. Man minding his own business, driving home one night, getting pulled over for no reason. Escalation goes from zero to 100 in like 10 seconds. From the video that we see, officers are lying left and right about what happened. They're talking about he swerved and was driving recklessly and almost hit him when nothing of this sort ever happened. Tasing him, beating him, pummeling him. Talking about stop resisting, stop resisting, which is another tactic that they do. This constant stop resisting claim that they make, just like when they say gun, 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 even if you don't have a gun, to justify shooting and killing you. They beat this man to the point where he was, and rightfully so, in fear so much for his life that he, after being tased repeatedly, ran away from the cops who chased him through the neighborhood where he was nearly... I don't know, a couple blocks from his home, on his way home from work. And they gang beat this man like if you would have thought that he had raped their mother and sister or, or children or whatever, the way he was getting pummeled, held with his hands behind his back. And I'm talking about these are huge cops that beat on this man who was maybe 150 pounds soaking wet. I'm talking about he was taking haymaker after haymaker, like heavyweight uh, punching, boxing type shots, barefisted to the face, nonstop until he couldn't even stand up. He couldn't even hold his own body weight up. And then they lie when EMS gets there. EMS doesn't even treat him right away. The level of inhumane treatment he received before he succumbed a few days later, mind you, he was already dead in the street at that point. I don't care what anybody says. Even if his body, his heart was still beating. The beating that he took, they beat him basically to death in the streets for nothing. And all these people who wanted to come forward and say, well, the video doesn't show all of that. Have we not seen the surveillance footage from a light pole in that street that the cops didn't know about? They would have continued with their lying narrative and try to cover this up and say that this man deserved to be beat to death, that he did something to warrant his, his, his own demise that he was resisting arrest. How can a man resist arrest when you are six, eight people deep, big old lumbering men, armed to the teeth, beating him, tasing him, holding him down, and preventing him even from putting his hands behind his back where you have his arms. He can't resist. And that's the thing that they love to do. They love to shout that out. Or they, this is the reason why they don't want people recording. Because... They don't want people to be able to see and show how they're violating people's rights under color of law in broad daylight or under cover of darkness at night. It doesn't matter what time of the day that they're doing it. They do it routinely. And I think that as part of police reform, we must disband police unions. They should not be able to have a union of cops that are constantly defending wrong behavior and finding themselves investigating themselves and finding no wrongdoing routinely it's absurd that's like if you have a serial killer who
who is going to investigate his own crimes and then says, well, I found no wrongdoing. Did I decapitate that person? I, I don't believe I did that. I found no wrongdoing. And then the public just goes along with it. There should be routine outrage and outcries and change. Change has to come. You cannot have this continuing. And then this this uh, notion that we should have unrestrained, uh, unmitigated, off the bat respect and deference and compliance to tyrants who have no respect for the law they're supposed to be upholding and enforcing. That lets you know the type of world we live in. We live in a hell on earth. When you have people who can violate the law but hold you accountable if you so much as, uh, you know, cross the street against the light, which I'm, I'm not saying that it's right, but in comparison to the, the level of uh, violation, they would run the lights all day long simply because they don't want to wait in traffic and nothing happens to them. So, election 2024. God's chosen people. We have a decision to make. Police reform definitely, in my opinion, should be at the top of the list among other demands in order for us to vote for anybody or any political party that's talking about they want to garner our votes for a successful run at the presidential uh, office. If you're not talking about police reform, if you're not talking about reparations, if you're not talking about jobs, if you're not talking about funding for the community, our community in particular, not just quote unquote black and brown coalitions. I'm tired of hearing that nonsensical term. There is no such thing. Every other group of people, they have specific agendas specifically for their community and those get met, those get heard, those get answered. And we are the footstool the stepping stone, if you will, that gets used to prop up everybody else on the backs of our own suffering and plights. And then when it comes to us, little to nothing or tokenism, symbolism is what we receive, which is essentially nothing. All the money and the resources that could go to help to alleviate a lot of the root causes of the issues that we have in our community, those get bypassed or given to other people, people who don't even vote. Or if they do vote, they vote for, quote unquote, the Republican Party. Let me even get started there. But these are the issues. And it all ties into where the world is headed right now towards World War Three. All of this funding for every other group of people, but quote unquote, black people, God's chosen people, melanated people. Send the money to Ukraine. Hundreds upon hundreds of billions, if not going towards trillions of dollars for war. Nothing for the homeless. Nothing for the poor people here. Nothing for the American citizens who are actually struggling to even put food on the table. Maui. Lahaina. Hawaii. They gave those people $700 who lost everything. Did you hear what I said? They gave them $700 lost everything but you're going to send 
hundreds of billions of dollars to the Ukraine. Now you're going to send more than $60 billion over to Israel, who's already funded, who already is like one of the, the 13th largest uh, GDP uh, nation states in the world, as it is already. Why are we sending them any money? Why is everybody else getting enriched and funded by American taxpaying dollars, but the American taxpayer? And we're called selfish if we bring that up. Why are we allowing people to just come in unfettered, unvetted, and give them everything? Hotels, meals, clothing, cell phones, whatever, for free. You're not doing that for the homeless people that are already here. Go to San Francisco. Go to San Diego. Go to West Hollywood. Come to New York. All over the country in places that are struggling with the homeless issue veterans on the streets but you got money for all of these wars and all these other agendas and projects but we're selfish the world is rapidly devolving and heading toward that one world government heading toward the destruction of national sovereignty heading towards complete totalitarian military industrial complex fascist rule and people are asleep oblivious or don't want to hear about it until they get that knock at their door and it won't necessarily be a knock sometimes it might be a battering ram coming through their door then they'll wake up and by that time it'll be too late because they'll have been bullied into saying you know what I gave up my rights for the sense of freedom and safety and security. And um, look at this now. Got a boot on my face. Got a gun in my mouth. These are the things that we have in front of us. And while the hour is late, it's not so late that you can't wake up. Smell the roses, see what's happening in front of you, and do something about it. Collectively. Those who have an ear to hear, listen. Those who have eyes to see, look. If you have hands to do something, choose to do something. But don't throw your vote away to people who are doing nothing about the issues that we're complaining about. So the next time, this has been your man, your host, Ijaba, for the world according to us. Stay safe. Stay prayed up. Take care. Thank you.